Welcome to AEC Marketing for Principals, brought to you by Smartages, where we help design and construction firms navigate sales and leverage marketing to win more projects. Here are your hosts, Katie Cash and Judy Sparks. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this week. Today, Judy and I are talking with the founder and CEO of Highlands Residential, Dave Lawful. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. We're really excited to talk a little bit about multifamily and what's going on in the industry with you today. Well, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me on. Great. Well, before we dive into you know the discussion and get into the details, can you share a little bit with us about Highlands Residential and, and what you're doing over there? Absolutely. Um, Highlands Residential is a um, apartment development company focusing on uh, the empty nester clientele. Um, you know, the communities are, are um, age-restricted and 55 and older. Um, the reality of who actually lives there is uh, what I refer to as, you know, the recently retired grandparent. Okay. Uh, you know, we position our marketing a little bit different uh, to be a little bit more aspirational than that. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about design, the person that actually is residing there is is that that individual that's the archetype um you know the idea is to create communities where my mom would want to live uh, at the end of the day and so um there's a lot of people like her in that demographic and um so this is an apartment community that focuses uh, purely on them well that's great and i'm sure using your mom as your litmus test is is a little bit of a challenge making sure that it'll appeal to her and her her friends and her her peer group, but that sounds like a really great product that you guys are putting on the market. I know, you know, Highlands Residential is a little bit new to the game, but you're not new to multifamily. You know, looking on your your resume, you've been in the game for a really long time, serving for a number of years with Walton Communities and before that as an analyst, you know, back at Accenture. Um, so I, I can imagine that you've seen a lot of trends come and go. Certainly, we're, we're seeing more and more of the development around this 55 and up. But any other trends that you're seeing kind of shaping the multifamily housing development here across the Southeast? I guess the way I would put it. So yeah, I've been in multifamily 16 years. And um, I think that um, you know people really appreciate and, and experience more so now than uh, historically. And so experiential living is, um, regardless of how old you are, or what your, um, what stage of life you're in, uh, having those experiential elements is, is important to provide. Um, you know, the, the great benefit that, that I have uh, is that I can focus on one demographic. Um, it's a bit of a protected class, uh, in the, in the fair housing law. Uh, but I can, I can target a demographic and focus on providing value to them. But regardless of who you're building for, um, that element of experience is something that people are looking for uh, in general. That's probably the biggest, biggest change that I see. So Dave, um, you know, the word customer experience or, or that idea has become front and center um, for most brands these days. Um, it's really about the experience one has when interacting with your brand. And I would imagine when you are working with, um, you know, our target base, which are primarily um, architects, engineers, and contractors, that mentality really needs to to transcend down to your team and partners. Can you talk a little bit about how you've seen um, that relationship shape and change as the priorities go from 
brick and mortar, um, simple, you know, beds and units to, you know, how do we create a destination that is unique and serves the need of the customer? I think that's a good uh, question. And really, I guess I would put it simply as when you go from, you know, product to program, you know, what are you, what are you focusing on? And really, uh, to a degree, maybe it needs to start with the program and then, you know, be reflecting the product um, uh, instead of being an, you know, after, afterthought. Um, you know, I think it's very important to understand how your customer interacts with your product uh, and what it is that makes you successful as a developer. Um, and for um, your entire team to understand uh, exactly um, you know, where the bullseye is, uh, if your, uh, target, you know, target market or the profile of your, your residents, if it's every 18 months, they're moving out of there and you've got, uh, if you got to have a lease every single day, then, you know, that initial experience is, is incredibly important and you've got to nail it on that, um, that initial impression. Um, you know, the, on the other side, you know, I think everybody's more profitable as they, is they maintain residence over time. And then the question is, okay, once they're in, everybody obviously, you know, to get a deal to work, you need to lease it up. But um, in order for a, a, a community to really thrive, you want to maintain that occupancy over time. So, um, you know, trying to focus on what those things are that'll have an impact over time to me is highly important. Uh, you know, given the length of stay, you know, even if it's say four years, uh, that's a dramatic difference in the number of leases I've got to sign um, every month. And so um, the release is the lease, you know, and um, you know, you got to maybe tweak the product a little bit or tweak the uh, provide different programs in order to build that into the community. So you just said something really interesting that struck me, um, and that was this concept of thriving communities. And you were talking about the communities of within the, your properties, but something that is um, really top of mind for me these days is seeing multifamily products going into thriving communities in itself. Um, you know, popular. Uh, bedroom communities, suburban communities, and lots of times it's met with public opposition. So um, can you talk a little bit about how in the world of development, how do you develop a place where your mother would want to live, but also satisfied and enhance the thriving community that um, that currently exists? Yeah, I think that, um, well, I'll tell you what I think helps to communicate and then the question is how do you communicate it so that it's heard um you know i think what helps to communicate is real estate in general um and you know communities don't go down because of one specific real estate use right um you know everything is rental uh for the most part uh if every grocery store or restaurant or office um, the vast majority of real estate is rental. And so, you know, people have this impression of, um, uh, you know, rental communities being, you know, lesser than, and, and, you know, that's a, a burden that, um, that I'm certainly aware of. I truly think though, that, you know, municipalities 
because of just a need to provide housing needs to take on a role of, you know, raising the standard, if you will, and maintaining a standard. Because at the end of the day, the municipality is the landlord. Uh, and, you know, everybody pays a rent check through property taxes every year. And um, if you don't, you will be evicted. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot that uh, I think municipalities have, you know, some have, some haven't. Um, but, you know, there's there's a role to play to create communities that are cohesive, um, connections, parks, um, you know, uh, in, enforcing code on, you know, people. I mean, the good management companies enforce code on themselves. Um, but, you know, municipalities sometimes, you know, stand around and just let communities run down. And it's a super complicated topic. Um, but because it's so complicated, it really needs to be discussed. And I don't hear that aspect discussed. I certainly do not claim to have an answer. Um, and certainly not the answer. Uh, but um, that needs to be part of the discussion. I think that's really helpful. And, and you know, it, it is a deeper a deeper topic that has lots of levels to it, lots of nuances, depending on the communities and what you're going into and um, some of the histories behind those communities. There was something else that you mentioned a little bit earlier around the idea of, you know, being a successful developer. And if we could, I'd like to pivot just a little bit and talk um, maybe to kind of the partnership aspect in what you are looking for as a multifamily developer when it comes to selecting design and construction partners or maybe even uh, program management partners. So do you guys have maybe like a, a formal selection process that you use when you are determining which architect is going to design that new community for you or who might build it? It's not incredibly formal. Um, and, you know, a lot of times it's, uh, you know, obviously quality is, you know, preeminent. Uh, any business needs to have good sourcing uh, of their inputs, period. And that's, you know, design, contractors, that could be capital and financing, land, residents, whatever it is. They need to do the best job that they can sourcing those inputs. Um, but when you're when you're looking at the design professionals, you know, clear communication of what you want, um, you know, and sometimes recognizing that, that that evolves over time. You can't just send somebody a white paper on your, uh, your business and expect them to get it. Um, the, um, you know, if you, if you really want your design professionals to understand how you approach development, then, you know, that takes time, but in order for you to utilize that time, you need to have the time in your budget. You need to have access to the people that, that matter. You need to have a quality of professional that can, that can get it. And there has to be some kind of, um, you know, resonance there, uh, where, you know, regardless of how, uh, you, um, how clearly you articulate what you want to do that they have to, you know, identify with that some way. Um, and, um, so I would say all of that is very important, you know, as far as a selection process, uh, you know, we can, we can select and deselect, right. So, sure. uh, that's, um, I think it's always good to strive towards, you know, a great relationship. So maybe on that topic of, you know, deselection or, or maybe, you sure. know, running down uh, a relationship, what are some things that firms could do, you know, that might actually lose their, your business for them? Like what are some of those 
non-negotiable things um, yeah. when firms are looking to serve as Highlands residential. Sometimes I think people just are not going to connect, just like any relationship. And so there needs to be some allowance for that, certainly. And, uh, you know, sometimes I've made a bad choice about the designer to go with. And, you know, no matter how hard I try to explain it, they just they just can't hear it, uh, what I'm trying to explain. And, you know, I don't, um, you know, I like to say is, you know, communication is co-communication. You know, it's, um, you know, two people speaking, two people listening to each other. Um, and that's true with businesses as well. You know, the other thing is, you know, there needs to be, you know, the term eye to eye, see each other eye to eye. Um, and, you know, I think it can go both ways where you've got one party uh, essentially looking down to the other one. And, you know, if there's not an understanding that, you know, the designer's getting ramped up, you know, maybe the principal's doing a lot of work up front creating a site plan. But at the same time, you know, every site is speculative. Uh, you know, and, you know, you, you can't, you know, there's, there's business development both ways. Um, and so you've got to acknowledge that on both sides and, um, and strive towards a relationship that, that works and is empathetic. And, and you've got some trust that over time, you know, everybody's going to be good, you know. So Dave, you mentioned this idea of eye to eye and, um, you know, as soon as you said that, I thought, you know, it's really not, um, a owner vendor relationship you're looking for it's really a partnership and the nature of what you do is highly speculative so things like empathy and patience must be you know characteristics that um are required in order to engage in in the type of work that you do um so i know that a lot of our clients uh, love to work for developers and are very active in the multifamily space of all different types of products from, you know, affordable housing, student housing, um, senior housing. Um, But what I hear often is I don't know how to get my foot in the door because the development um, industry seems to be so relational. And if you don't have a pre-existing relationship, how do I meet a new developer and earn his trust and earn his business um, on my first job? Do you have any advice for that? Well, you know, for one, you know, you probably have to have come from somewhere that, you know, builds that book of business, right? So there's got to be, there's got to be some demonstration of having executed um, on, you know, on the product type. Um, And, you know, because, you know, when I, started my new business, I've got, you know, 15 years behind me, but I also have partners that, um, you know, together were well, you know, well over a hundred years of experience kind of thing. Um, and you know, I talk with them constantly. Um, and that builds people's confidence that they believe in me. And so it, it helps people, um, answer the question of whether, whether, um, you know, that person can believe in, in what I'm saying. Um, yeah, the same is true with any professional, you know, there's just only so much time in the day and you have to put together, you have to put yourself out there in a way that get, that answers questions, um, without, you know, without having to dig too deep. Uh, so that's, you know, I mean, you gotta have experience. There's nothing around that, but then even as you're starting, you're probably doing a lot of, uh, business development, design work, speculative design work. Um, and, uh, 
demonstrating something that is that resonates back to the developer, right? It, that okay, that looks great, and oh by the way, I know it can actually be built, right? Um, I think we all know designers who specialize in things that you know can't be built, quite frankly, and that's just a complete um, blind eye to the reality of your potential client. Uh, so you got to have your eyes wide open as to my reality. And that is absolutely demonstrated through uh, your design work. So let's um, fast forward and uh, an architect or a contractor has um, gained your attention and they have a resume in the type of work that you do and you're having a first meeting with them. What are three things that you want to hear them say? It's a good question. Um, three things that I want to hear the designer say. Um, or contractor. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I, I want to see the experience. You know, um, you know, this is what I've done is obviously one thing. Um, you know, I want the contractor, designer, uh, engineer, you know, whatever, um, you know, asking me um, questions about my business and what's important. So I want to hear him say what he's done. I want him to ask me what's important and um um i throw a third one in there um something that tells me that he doesn't think he's got it all figured out because once you've got it all figured out then you know you're you're closed off to hearing anything and uh then i know for certain you're not going to hear me that is excellent advice Absolutely. So a little humility goes a long way in understanding that you don't know what you don't know, but you're right. open to that kind of discovery process together. Yeah, I'll add one more thing. And, and you know, the world changes so quickly. Uh, if you don't have an architect or engineer contractor even um, that is that loves their craft enough to um, uh, pursue new knowledge and techniques and ideas. Um, if they're not interested in that, then, uh, you know, chances are they're just going to be turning the crank and, you know, which is fine for some that wouldn't resonate with me, but, um, you know, I, I want somebody that at least in their shop is not worried about every sing single hour being billable. I want them to think, how can I improve as a professional? That is a great advice. I think a, a lot of people in our industry, you know, sometimes get a little overburdened with all the, the sheer amount of work that just has to be done that, you know, you really do have to take time to re-energize yourself and your passion and your craft, stay up to date with what's going on and, and open your mind to the possibilities of advancement in both technique and materials and, you know, explore new vendor relationships even that might help you expedite kind of that exploratory journey. That's been really helpful. Um, so, you know, as I'm sitting here, kind of, I was trying to take notes about, you know, what what makes up a great partner. And a lot of it seems to be about the, the people that the firm might be bringing to the table and whether or not there's a good chemistry. You know, you mentioned a lot, you know, do they listen? Do they abide by this co-communication and be in two-way communication between the teams? Are they empathetic? Can you build trust with them? And, and then the other side of it was, you know, 
kind of the the non-negotiable. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk my development with a firm that hasn't either you know designed or built this type of product before. I, I need a multifamily expert here that has kind of you know they've got the scars, they've got the lessons learned from it. Is there anything outside outside of those two things? You know, a lot of times when we're talking with developers, they're um, or the perception sometimes is, you know, time is money. So I need people that can get it done faster and then cheaper. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily something that's come true with our discussion today. You seem to be really invested in, you know, this idea of creating something new and, and investing in that journey along the way and, and realizing the value in that. Um, but is there anything outside of the people and, and the experience that's important to you? Yeah, I think sometimes it's just, um, you, know, you got to balance out your, you know, developers' weaknesses uh, as well. So there's got to be, you know, there's got to be a good, I don't know, balance or you know, completion of my skill set. Uh, so if there's if there's something that, um, you know, if I need a ton of capacity because I'm capacity constrained, then I can't work with a one person shop, uh, you know, uh, as easily as I can with somebody who's got some depth. You know, I mean, there's obviously knowledge, you know, um, you know, uh, knowledge gaps as well. You want them to come to the table with, um, uh, which we kind of sort of talked about. But yeah. uh, there's other things um, like, you know, you're just too small. And I, I'm going to worry if you get hit by a bus that, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm starting over. Sure. Yeah. So, Dave, um, it sounds like you're really looking for. Uh, partners who can compliment you where, you know, their strengths maybe are your weaknesses and vice versa. You know, our, our listening base is the C-suite of design and construction firms. And um, I want to uh, give you the final word in our, in our interview. And if there's just um, a very high level C-suite advice you'd like to communicate to that audience when they are looking internally at at their performers and they're in your market and how can they be more successful? I mean, I think it starts with, I mean, these sound so cliche, but they're cliche for a reason. Um, or they're often said for a reason, but the, you know, be true to yourself, clearly communicate um, that, you know, who you are because, you know, it does nothing to win a job that you can't execute on. You know, and if, if, uh, if there's something that you need to work on, then, um, you know, figure out how to make that true, uh, and, and complete the, the puzzle internally. Um, you know, part of that is, you know, be honest about, don't make promises you can't keep. Right. So, you know, somebody comes in to kind of win the business, just say that up front, you know, um, I hire great people, uh, so that they can execute, but I want to make sure you understand the heartbeat of this firm. And so I'm talking to you today, chances are, you're not going to see me again, but, um, you know, yeah, I mean, if that's true, then just say it, uh, that type of thing. Uh, so, um, because, you know, if you're true to yourself, then the person that's going to be attracted to you, they're going to be attracted to you based on an honest representation of who you are. And it's going to be a better partnership. Um, if you're not a good sales guy, you know, hire a sales guy. And just sit there in the room with them and just, you know, be honest or whatever it is. Um, that's, that's what I would say. That is great advice. I, you know, we really appreciate your honesty with us and with our listeners today, Dave. And, um, you know, wish you all the success as you continue with your venture with 
Highlands Residential. And, you know, thanks again, just for, for speaking with us today. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Great. Well, for all of our listeners, have a great week. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to AEC Marketing for Principals, brought to you by Smartergies. If you like this episode, please let us know by visiting aecmarketingpodcast.com, where you can learn more ways to position your brand and sell to owners. 